Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, May 29th, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our next two Starseed Quests will be August 17th through the 20th and November 16th through the 19th. And you can write to crystals at starseedhotline.com for more info. Well, we are happy to welcome Louise Hauk back to our show this evening. Louise is a time-traveling, intuitive, spiritual counselor. For nearly 30 years, she has presented to audiences and consulted for clients in the U.S. and internationally. She has a lot to say these days about telepathic communication with the higher self of others, those suffering the effects of dementia, stroke, and coma, employers, ex-partners, difficult friends or relatives, pets, and all of nature. Louise is also passionate about giving evidence of our ever-present connectivity to unconditionally loving higher energies that include the angelic realm and the elemental world, certain religious icons, and to loved ones in the non-physical. She enjoys showing others how to increase their own personal connectivity. And Louise will be offering a special gift to caregivers at the conclusion of her interview with Lavendar. And her website is Louise Hauk, and that's Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, and Hauk is H-A-U-C-K dot com. And uh, we will give more information about how to uh, get the special gift after her interview with Lavendar. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada, Fiona, and Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Louise. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice so you know what's coming up. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And for those who need healing of any kind, whether emotional, physical, or spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want a Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Well, good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. It's great to have you back. I've missed all of you, and uh, we have a lot of news, so I best get to it. Lots happened in the last couple of weeks, and um, here we go. 
Well, we have a sunspot called AR2712 that they tell us is growing rapidly and beginning to crackle with C-class solar flares. Now, there is a chance of storms. NOAA forecasters are telling us that minor G1-class geomagnetic storms are likely on June 1st when a solar wind stream is expected to hit Earth's magnetic field. The gaseous material is flowing from an equatorial hole in the sun's atmosphere. There's a full moon tonight. May's full moon is called the flower moon, as well as mother's moon, milk moon, and corn planting moon. Now, you know the May moon marked in the past a time of increasing fertility, with temperatures to warm enough for safely bearing young children and young animals, and it was a near end to late frost and the beginning of plants in bloom. Mother's moon, milk moon, and corn planting moon as well as the full flower moon. How lovely. (laughs) So look up tonight and think of all those wonderful things. And in the old days, how welcome this time was after fighting the bitterness of winter. So very special. Full moon tonight. Well, I'm sure you've all been keeping track of the Kilauea lava flow or about the volcano in Hawaii. Well, it's now beginning to engulf the geothermal power plant there. Lava from Hawaii's erupting Kilauea volcano has reached the the Puna geothermal venture plant, and it's covering a well and is beginning to threaten another. At the same time, fast-moving lava flows are now threatening even more nearby communities, prompting brand-new evacuations. They tell us that lava flows from fissures 7 and 21 crossed into Puna geothermal property and has covered one well that had already been plugged. And according to the Hawaiian Civil Defense Agency, that well, uh, along another one that's 100 feet away, are both stable and secured. They are being monitored, and neither well is expected to release any hydrogen sulfide. That's very good news. Yeah. Well, the United Kingdom had quite a lightning storm over the weekend. They call it the mother of all lightning storms. The U.K. was hit uh, by up to 20,000 lightning strikes in a massive electrical storm that swept the, swept the country on Saturday night. Torrential rain accompanied the thunderstorm. They say it created chaos for motorists and uh, a lot of... Um, uh, terror for people with this lightning. There's some amazing photos of that on the net as well as video. 20,000 lightning strikes in an evening. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, in uh, South Taranaki, New Zealand, the uh, whale death toll has increased. They discovered 12 dead sperm whales that were found on a South Taranaki beach and what the Department of Conservation there is calling a very rare event. Um, They've been finding them gradually. They found eight in the beginning on a beach, and then they found three more, and then they found another one today. They said that all of the whales were male, but they have no idea why they stranded. Hmm. And there was a cyclone called Mikunu uh, that left at least ten people dead as it battered Oman and Yemen, dumped three years' worth of rain in one day. How much is that? Well, that's 10 inches of rain for that part of the world. 10 inches of rain in Oman's third largest city, Salalah, 
It said the the deluge, as I said, amounted to three years that happened in one day, rainfall. And as a result of that, more than 30 people are missing on the Yemeni island of Socotra after it bore the brunt of this cyclone, and there were gusts up to 124 miles per hour reported. Wow. Ten inches of rain in one day in that hot, arid country. Well, in Ontario, Canada, beekeepers are reporting an unsustainable loss of their bees over this past winter. They're expressing concern about their colonies and about uh, honey production. In Ontario, which has the largest number of beekeepers in Canada, they say the situation is quite serious. A survey of almost 900 Ontario uh, beekeepers indicated that 70% of these beekeepers suffered unsustainable losses. They say that's not only bad news about honey and the beekeepers themselves, but for vegetable and fruit growers who depend on bees for pollination. Well, I would never have thought of this, but check this story out. They're telling us now that working our leg muscles help grow healthy new brain cells. This is according to new research. They're telling us that legs do not just receive messages from the brain about when to move. There's a circuit that goes the other way. And they say that leg movements, uh, particularly those that, that bear weight, send very important messages back to the brain. What these messages do is they create new brain cells. That's right. By moving the large muscle groups in our legs, it creates new brain cells that assist us to adapt to challenges and to stress. When we work those leg muscles, the brain increases its cellular quantity uh, to teach us better how to adapt to stress. The study provides an insight into why patients with diseases that limit their mobility can rapidly decline. And according to this study's author, uh, we are told that our study supports the notion that people who are unable to do load-bearing exercises, such as patients who are bedridden or even astronauts on extended space travel, not only lose muscle mass, but their body chemistry is altered at the cellular level and even their nervous system is adversely impacted. They go on to tell us that severe inactivity has been shown in research to restrict the growth of new brain cells by 70%. Wow. So doesn't that lend new importance to the idea that walking is good for you? Yeah. That's pretty darned amazing. So if we want to stay smart, you guys, we need to go out walking or do some kind of leg exercise, squats or something. Anyway, I thought that was interesting and probably pretty important. <clears throat> well, how many of you out there use canola oil? Now, we have a very educated, sharp, spiritually evolved audience, and maybe none of you use canola oil, but in case you do, I wanted to share this article with you. You know, canola oil has long been lauded as the healthiest of all oils. And it wasn't too many years ago that I stopped believing that. Um, Many people still do think that canola oil is good for them. In fact, that is because of a promotional push from North American growers. Now, you know, canola oil is largely grown in Canada. And the Canola Council of Canada doesn't pull any punches. 
it tells consumers that this is the healthiest of all commonly used cooking oils. This was a marketing campaign that obviously worked. Canola oil consumption in the United States alone has tripled since the year 2000, up to almost 3 million metric tons as of last year. Well, you probably know, but I'm going to tell you that canola oil comes from the rapeseed plant. And it was called rapeseed oil until the early 1970s when there was a promotional campaign to rebrand the oil in conjunction with their genetic modification that was intended to remove two of the plant's undesirable elements, erucic acid and glucosinolates. Now, the Rapeseed Association of Canada took that opportunity to rename the plant as CAN for Canada plus OLA for oil. Now, producers still leave the rapeseed designation behind, claiming their genetically modified version is a different, a distinct type of plant. So this is a marketing campaign clearly designed to confuse the public. And with more than 90% of United States crops and upwards of 80% of Canadian canola derived from genetically engineered seeds, it's almost certain that your bottle of canola oil comes from plants spliced with chemical herbicides. It is marketed as being 100% safe for unlimited human consumption. But in December of last year, 2017, researchers from Alzheimer's Center at Temple University investigated the effect of daily consumption of canola oil on mice whose brains had developed both plaques and tangles. These are common uh, characteristics for Alzheimer's patients. Their findings outright debunked the claims of canola oil marketers demonstrating negative impacts to bodies and brains. Mice who were chronically exposed to canola oil experienced a significant increase in body weight, a gain of nearly one-fifth of total weight recorded six months earlier. And effects on their brains were equally undesirable. Mice showed impairments in their memory, and they they demonstrated decreased ability to solve problems and increased confusion. The article goes on to explain uh, the benefits of olive oil. So don't use canola oil. might be a good idea. You can find out about this on the Internet by searching canola oil. And uh, Pompeii. Wow, this is fascinating. A new archaeological discovery. Officials at the Pompeii archaeological site have announced a dramatic new discovery the skeleton of a man crushed by an enormous stone while trying to flee the explosion of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Pompeii officials uh, today released a photograph showing the skeleton from uh, protruding from beneath a large rock of stone that may have been just a door jam that had been violently thrown by the volcanic cloud. There's this picture on the Internet of this skeleton with a big rock where its head should be. The victim, they say, was over 30 years old, was crushed. Officials say the man suffered a leg bone infection, a leg bone infection, which is amazing they could figure that out. But they say that probably caused his walking difficulties and impeded his escape from the eruption. The archaeological site's general director called this an exceptional find, He says that it contributes to a better picture of the history and civilization of the age. Man, 2,000 years ago. Wow. It's wild. It's wild. 
All right. Well, we have Tesla in the news again tonight. A Tesla car in autopilot mode sped up right before it crashed. Um, it was a Tesla car crashed in autopilot while being driven in Utah this month was discovered to have accelerated just a few seconds before it smashed into a stopped fire truck. Two people were injured in this accident. Now, data from this Model S electric vehicle shows that it picked up speed for three and a half seconds before crashing into the fire truck in a suburban Salt Lake City street, on a suburban Salt Lake City street. Now, the driver manually hit the brakes a fraction of a second before the impact. The car was following another vehicle, and it dropped its speed to 55 miles an hour to match the leading vehicle. Now, this this is a completely autopilot car, if you can envision this. Well, the leading vehicle then likely changed lanes, they say. They're trying to reconstruct the accident. And the Tesla automatically sped up to its preset speed of 60 miles per hour without noticing the stopped cars ahead of it. The police report provides detail about the vehicle's actions immediately before the crash. The driver of the vehicle told police she thought the vehicle's automatic emergency braking system would detect traffic and stop before the car smashed into another vehicle. Now, she said that she'd owned the car for two years and used this autonomous autopilot feature on every type of roadway. Now, Tesla referred uh, to this incident saying that drivers are continually reminded to keep their hands on the wheel and maintain control of their vehicle at all times while using the autopilot system. Tesla said, It has always been clear that autopilot doesn't make cars impervious to every accident. <clears throat> Tesla's autopilot system uses cameras, ultrasonic sensors, and radar to sense the vehicle's surrounding environment and to perform basic functions automatically. Among those functions is automatic emergency braking, which the company says on its website is designed to, quote, detect objects that the car may impact and applies the brakes accordingly, end quote. Now, Tesla says the system is not designed to avoid a collision and warn drivers not to rely upon it entirely. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is investigating the crash. Uh, an additional addendum to this article was that the woman was uh, reading maps in her car while it was on autopilot. So I suppose if you think you can buy a car and put it on autopilot and read a book, uh, you're taking your chances. Anyway, there you have it for autopiloted cars. Uh, Facebook is back in the news today. Um, Facebook is now giving scientists its data according to them, to, quote, fight misinformation, end quote. Last month, Facebook, together with the nonprofit Social Science Research Council, announced its initiative that will connect independent researchers with Facebook's vast and until now largely inaccessible troves of data on human behavior. Their goal is to investigate social media's impact on elections and democracy. Now, they tell us that this initiative is significant for many reasons, but the big one is is that it will, for the very first time, enable researchers to not only access Facebook's data, but publish findings from that data without pre-approval from Facebook. 
That means if scientists uncover something in the social network's data that makes it look bad, Facebook won't be able to prevent them from making that information public. So, and then the article goes on to explain the arrangements, which are extremely complex. So, despite how the article says, it's uh, a bit dicey as to how this might turn out. Um, there's a lot of loopholes and a lot of stipulations in this research project. Excuse me. So we'll just have to see uh, how valuable that might be. Anyway, it makes a good headline, and it's probably good uh, PR for Facebook. Well, they need it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, um, climbers, climbers, tree climbers, are scaling the world's largest trees in an effort to save them. There's a family-run business called Archangel Ancient Tree Archive. Archangel Ancient Tree Archive. That's kind of hard to say. But this company is trying to preserve some of the world's oldest and largest living plants. Protected with little more than a harness and some rope, these arborists scale redwoods topping 300 feet. That's as as tall as the Statue of Liberty. One arborist said, it's a humbling experience being next to something so big and so old. Some of these trees have survived for 4,000 years. Now, this nonprofit Archangel Ancient Tree Archive has attempted to preserve some of America's biggest and most ancient old-growth trees since its founding seven years ago. Arborists climb these trees to collect genetic material from their branches. Their goal is to clone this material for safekeeping and reforestation elsewhere. They say old-growth trees are some of the largest, oldest things on Earth, yet no one has studied them to find out how they've managed to live for all these hundreds or even thousands of years, and now they're all being destroyed. Old-growth or virgin forests are biodiverse woodlands that have lived to a great age, These forests are being destroyed at a staggering rate worldwide. In the United States, an estimated 95 to 98 percent of old-growth trees have already been cut down. And our final story for tonight. All you guys like Star Wars movies? Mm. Well, the Hans Solo spinoff called Solo, A Star Wars Story opened well below expectations this weekend with a franchise low $83.3 million in ticket sales over the three-day weekend in North American theaters. Disney had estimated that Solo will gross $101 million over the Memorial Day weekend, a figure below even the opening weekends of the much-decided, much-derided excuse me, Star, Wars, Star Wars prequels. Last week, they were forecasting that Star Wars would net $150 million for their four-day haul of Solo, a Star Wars story. So, disappointment financially for the producers and creators of Solo, a Star Wars story, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a pretty good rating, 70-some percent. So, there you have it for tonight's news. It's going to be a great show. This is a wonderful oh, yes, it is. thing to talk about, connecting with the higher selves and the souls of others. Very possible to do and a, a very beautiful thing to do. It's a great way to resolve conflicts and to bring people together and to help people that otherwise can't understand you. 
All right, well, I'm going to turn it back mm-hmm. over to you, Ariel. And from my heart to each one of you, much love. Have a beautiful week, everybody. Thanks so much, Anastasia, for the Starseed News. And it's, it is good to be back. So um, with that, we are going to now go to um, Lavendar and uh, get your mic open. And uh, go to, let's see, Louise, there you are. Get your mic open. Okay. Ladies, uh, Lavendar, are you ready to go? Ready to go. Okay. Hello, Louise. Welcome back to the show. Hi there. Oh, it's always it's great, so to, great be to have back. you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, go ahead, Lavendar, take it away. Okay. So, Louise, I know that you have some special things that you want to talk to us about tonight, especially uh, concerning um, Alzheimer's and dementia and people that are unable to communicate. So yes, just take it away. Yes. Just tell us anything that's on your heart and mind today. Great. Well, uh, let me begin by asking if I can do lunges while we talk after listening to the news. <laughs> uh, that's fascinating. Um, yes, it, I think people are really becoming aware of this level of consciousness, the higher self, that is a stream of consciousness that transcends death and time. And uh, it's a it's a level of clarity and overseeing that we all have. And it's so enlightening and heartening to be interpreting for those with with Alzheimer's, dementia, other dementias, coma, stroke, uh, autism, uh, and and communicate on this level uh, where it's almost as if they are distracted by the physical body when we're having these conversations. Um, I was working with with Dan, a fellow whose wife, Denise, is in last stages of Alzheimer's. He came on as a, a client and then an apprentice because he had Googled higher self to higher self communication because he wanted confirmation that he is telepathizing with Denise. And sure enough, in our conversations, my son says, don't call it a three-way. <laughs> in our phone conversations, I'd be <clears throat> interpreting for Denise and she'd be confirming, yes, Dan, you did catch my thoughts when I said the cat needed, when I was thinking the cat needed a bath. Uh, she showed us three facilities he had yet to go look at uh, when it came time and which one she would prefer, where she's been residing for over a couple years now. When he would ask about her care, I would get from her almost a a distraction like, oh, that body, what do you want to know? Like as if she was running it around with a remote control like a remote car. So there is this this overseeing aspect of our consciousness, and I've been offering a free half-hour consultation to caregivers. Bless their hearts. The patience, the energy it takes, you do what you have to do. Some are just absolutely exhausted. But many of them want to know what's going on with the ones they're caring for. I have some great stories, um, the, a lot to do with Dan and Denise. But uh, more recently with this uh, offer that I'm extending, I call it the gold Cadillac example. Now, usually before I do phone consultations, I I intentionally turn off the switch before it's time to tune in, take the deep breath that gets us in sync, and then I merge with another's timeless consciousness and go anywhere in time. But sometimes I'm contemplating an upcoming phone consultation and it opens my heart. That's the conduit. So I was contemplating this 
upcoming session with two sisters who were caring for their father with dementia. And I opened my heart and in popped the higher self of their father with dementia. They had emailed me that he had stopped eating, uh, <clears throat> was, was getting a, quite agitated. So when I felt his presence, I telepathized to him. So it must be so frustrating with dementia and being heard and understood. And I, I'll never say what's keeping you here. And, of course, some clients with, with loved ones on life support, they certainly want to know what's keeping them here. And sometimes it's actually the pet, you know. And I say, so go, go to your mother's bedside or telepathize. The cat will be fine. It's safe to, to go. And then they report that they've left the body in the morning. They've passed over. So I was saying to, so I won't say to anyone suffering from dementia, what's keeping you here, but I'll say, what are you attached to or what troubles you or what, what, what are the attachments? Well, what I got from him was gold. So then we, I, a short time later, we started the conference call officially and I was telling the sisters and they laughed and they said, it's the gold Cadillac. Dad was always jealous of his brother-in-law who had a gold Cadillac, was hoping he'd leave it to him. But our uncle lived to be 102. He finally did leave it to Dad. And it's sitting in our carport, and one of the fins is so long that it's blocking the parking lot. (laughs) So that was one of the attachments. Uh, Then I said, uh, so what, what else? I think actually initially I I asked him uh, what what troubles him whatever and what what he would miss, and he said the stories. Well, the sister said that he was at Pearl Harbor on the USS Intrepid was kamikaze his ship was kamikaze three times. He never talked about it until this these last few months when he started telling the stories. So he was afraid that when it's time to move on, that the stories will go away. So I telepathized to him, oh, the stories will last forever in the hearts of those who love you and never goes away and so on. So we had a, a he kind of, he, he transmitted a list of things that he was attached to. And I said, and I, I assure you that our, our thoughts create our heaven, our conscious, what's in our consciousness creates our heaven. My sister-in-law has said, well, if that's the case, I'm going to land in a seed candy store. So... So I said, I assure you there'll be loved ones waiting for you when it's time, and I'll bet you there'll be the gold Cadillac. So uh, I always ask for a sneak preview of a cosmic wink that they're going to send the client to confirm that we've had this telepathic conversation. I, I do this routinely with loved ones, even with the higher selves of clients' employers and exes and so on. And and just to digress for a minute with an example, a client was having a really hard time with her her boss. And so you first have to go to the level of your higher self to connect with the higher self of another so that you're not imposing your ego uh, version of the script or you're trying to control things or whatever. So I go to the level of my higher self, pull my energy up. I envision a, a ball of light above my head and then connect with the ball of light uh, above the other. So here's, I'm chatting with her boss, and the message usually is, what an interesting experiment we're all doing here on planet Earth. We invite you onto this higher frequency of truth and authenticity. It's freeing. You can be yourself. Uh, it opens your heart. Your, your true self can come through. 
So I was telepathizing that to him. And sometimes I can see them face me immediately as if they're totally receptive. Sometimes they're kind of sideways. Sometimes they're hearing it, uh, uh, but maybe a little hesitant. So with this employer, with his higher self, I asked for a sneak preview of a cosmic wink. He projects the scene of a bonsai tree. Well, a few weeks later, the client emailed me that, that one recent day, uh, her boss walks into her office, puts a little bonsai tree on her desk, says something kind to her, and walks out scratching his head like, why did I do that? I call that trickle-down higher consciousness. <clears throat> so when I was asking for a sneak preview from the sister's uh, father, he, I, he was showing me, he was pantomiming, it is like charades, he was pantomiming a sudden motion and then looking right into the eyes of one of the daughters. Well, after our session, they emailed me that when we were done, they went to sit with their dad, and he suddenly sat bolt upright and said, what the hell is everybody talking about? <laughs> and stared right at one of the sisters. So that was the sneak preview, or that was the cosmic wink that he'd given us a sneak preview for. So it's a whole way of a whole interaction on this higher level above the fray, above the ego self's agenda, above the body's anomalies, uh, challenges, and so on. Another, um, uh, another caregiver was concerned she had had to move her mother to a, a, a residence four miles, or no, four hours away because she'd been dismissed from the one nearby for continuing to try to run away. The, and I'd never experienced this before, but when I connected with the higher self of the mother, it was like she shut the door. She just wanted to be left alone. And she acknowledged the furry thing that the daughter had brought for Christmas. It was a little stuffed animal. Uh, the daughter was most concerned that, the facility that's nearby had offered to take the mo- her mother back because they're now better equipped. She said, my brother and I want to move her back. How does she feel? And I just got a shrug, like, I don't care. It's okay. Do what you have to do. Uh, and then I got the taste of green. Now, that's a very synesthetic way of sensing. That's the senses crossing. Uh, I think Pharrell Williams, Michael Jackson, synesthetic, they see, they Pharrell Williams and Michael Jackson did see music in colors. I think Margaret Mead and the composer List were synesthetic. So I was tasting the color green when the daughter was asking about taking the mother back to that previous facility. And the daughter said, oh, yeah, there's a garden. And my mother loved walking there. And that was the taste of green. And that was the first pleasant thought I got from, from the mother. So it can also alleviate a lot of frustration because they're being heard. Uh, Dan used to report that after our weekly phone sessions, Denise would calm down tremendously because she'd been heard. So I'm trying to interest physicians. I think it's telepathy still a bit booga booga <laughs> to a lot of people. But gosh darn, we do it all the time. I call it piggybacking on another's frequency. And and look at the vocabulary we use at times. Hey, we're on the same frequency. Well, we really are, you know, literally on the same frequency. I find that I piggyback on another frequency the minute I take that initial deep breath at the start of a phone consultation. 
I actually learned that from Daniel Brinkley. We both used to present on, on a series of cruises. And I remember him saying that he'd gone on, he wrote testimony of saved by the light. Yeah, he was hit by lightning, had a very dramatic near-death experience, life review, and so on. He went on to working as uh, it was hospice work. He found that when he got into the same breathing rhythm, rhythm as the one he was uh, tending to, who was terminally ill, he could see what they see. Um, oftentimes, uh, people about to make their transition will see the, the loved one in the non-physical at the foot of their bed, almost like a messenger coming to escort them. And so I, I started doing that. And, and with that first deep breath, I'm, I'm immediately in sync. Now, the, the, the challenge for me is that as you pull in this multidimensional information, it's nonlinear. And with telepathy, it can be five paragraphs in a dot. So my challenge is to pull it in and lay it out linearly to communicate with words. And so uh, sometimes clients have said, could you slow it down a little? And I say, well, imagine that with that first deep breath, I'm sorting out things in the client's present, chatting with a loved one in the non-physical, looking down a potential positive future uh, path and hanging out in that moment and seeing through the eyes of the client in fourth grade. You bet I have to talk fast. <laughs> and, I, you know, I understand that our galactic brothers and sisters, you, you would probably know a lot more about this than I, but one of the challenges of transmitting into this dimension is that we do use language, and it's a very low frequency. Telepathy, you know, the movie, uh, what was the most recent one? Arrival, was that it? With uh, Amy, what was her name? Uh, it was a sci-fi movie about, uh, I hate to say aliens, a galactic brothers and sisters arriving. And the whole movie, they're dealing with how to decode the language, how to find the right language. And I'm saying, no, no, it'll be telepathy. It's telepathy. You don't have to, you know, figure out the language. You know, get, get with it, folks. Anyway, so that's what, what my passion is lately. And it's it's very rewarding. Let me ask you a question, Louise. Um uh, yeah. Do you go? Do you visit many nursing homes in your work? Do you physically no, walk in I, and see nursing homes? No. You know what? It's it, it's easier to do it remotely. Okay. Uh, the physical body I've discovered is distracting, and I first realized this. Uh, I was in Israel, in Jerusalem, a few years ago, and I was sitting at the bedside of a woman in a coma, um, and. Uh, I, I couldn't move my chair far enough away from her body in a womb-like position. And I'm chatting with her higher self, with her spirit, just up and to the right of her body. And I, and I realized that the body's actually very distracting, so it works better remotely. I have tried to interest uh, a few nursing homes, and I, again, it just seems still kind of booga-booga to people. <laughs> you know, it's... But that's why I'm I'm putting it out every which way, and and certainly want to help caregivers. Golly, what a chore! Yes, absolutely. They, yeah, I, I really can resonate with what you're doing with the caregivers. I wanted to ask you if you'd heard anything about, um, from my understanding, from the work that I've been doing through the years, finding that some people with dementia or Alzheimer's chooses to leave the body will turn it over to a walk-in to complete some form of mission. And what I have found is that in some places, 
these walk-ins will sit in a chair at a nursing home and will just sit and and hold the energy and the, some kind of digital readouts happens from their from their body. Like, oh, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, so I wanted to know if you've run into anything like this where you, you've had someone in Alzheimer's or dementia and then they start talking about being a walk-in or being from someplace else? No, no, it's more this disconnect from the physical body that, you know, where they're just chatting and they're lucid and they've got insights and they're like loved ones in the non-physical, they're in a no time zone. And that's okay. how Denise was able to, to preview the three facilities Dan had yet to go look at. So you, do you mean that the, the walk-in sitting in the chair, what, are, they, are they holding the energy of the one of the body that they're going to inhabit? Yes, they 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 uh, step into the body. The, the original go- leaves, and they step right. in, and and they do certain kinds of work from the physical body, whether it's readouts of digital information about how many people are in the town or how many people use Jeez. toothpaste. I don't know what all their readouts are, are about, but I do know that that um, we have information that that these kinds of things are happening now. Wow. Well, that that they're could using be the bodies of like, people that have gone on. Uh, oh, for heaven's sakes! Well, that that could be very inconvenient for the caregiver. Like, what's keeping mom here? Not not realizing that the body's being used. Golly. Right. I just wow. wanted to give you a heads up about it. But, yeah. Thank you. I I think I need to to uh, op- open up my sensing to that as well and say, hey, you know, guys, she's kind of done here. She needs to go on. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't need the body. Find find another or find another way of doing this. Thank you for mentioning that. That's extremely informative. Uh, can you give us some stories about time travel? Some of the things that you've done with time travel. Oh well, oh sure. I, I well, I love. I have lots of stories. So, so this level of consciousness indeed is is timeless, and uh, and we all we pets are on. I I telepathize with pets higher selves as well. And I had a client who was going through a wretched divorce and was needing to find another place to live. And her dog pops in, the higher self of her dog. And the dog showed me that he'd already found her next home. And that when she in the physical caught up with with the place, she would find that it already had a built-in dog door. And once they went into this, this home, she would see the dog go over into a corner and lie down where he and his astral body, etheric self, has been hanging out for quite some time. So the dog had already found the house, and she later said that actually is indeed what happened. Um, I'll have another fun dog story that happened recently. Um, I was saying to a client, your, your dog, they love to show me their favorite toys and what they're known for. And, and also certain messages, I think you've heard me use the example of cats saying, could you tell her to stop rattling the plastic bags every time she opens the pantry? It drives me crazy. <laughs> so, this, so they love to show what they're, what they're famous for. So this dog pops in, and he's, he said, he's saying that she, he's so privileged that his owner lets him do something no one else would. And it had to do with, uh, licking something and the client says he licks my knees I don't know why he does that well in the way that I can merge with another's consciousness they can merge with mine so the dog was accessing in my consciousness a story I put on the, the website 
about Roxy. Roxy was a dog that belonged to a coordinator I was staying with in Portland, Oregon. Roxy was the cutest thing, and you just wanted to pick her up, and she hated to be picked up. It was summer. I had on sandals, and Roxy would make a beeline to lick my toes, which wasn't my favorite thing. So so when Roxy would be barreling towards my toes, I would send Roxy a picture of me picking her up, and she would go, <laughs> she'd on the brakes and skid. <laughs> so that was our agreement. I won't pick you up if you don't lick my toes. So the so fast forward to this meeting recently, where the gal's dog pops in and shows me she gets to lick her owner's knees, and then the dog turns to me and says, "And you sure wouldn't let me." <laughs> I guess I guess we figured if I wouldn't let the dog lick my toes, I wouldn't let him lick my knees. Um, in terms of time travel, it's really useful to go to the future, but but not in a way that would take the client out of the present moment because your best future is going to arrive uh, from you making the wisest choices in the present. To be present, to take responsibility for your challenges, learn from your challenges, open your heart, go from your head into your heart in more moments, and that gets you into alignment when things sink, you know, bada bing, bada bang, you get the phone call, the parking place. So in, in practicing that, uh, you will attract your very best future. So when I so when I go to the future, if a client says, tell me my future, and it's usually not a client, they're a little more informed than to say that, but if anyone says, tell me my future, I kind of cringe and I say, well, your future depends on what you're doing in the present. I'm open to any better analogy than it's as if we're our own, we are our own space station and positive future, future potentialities are floating around out there like satellites, and depending on how you're living your life in the present will influence, influence what satellite locks into your space station. But my niece said she didn't think satellites lock into space stations, so maybe space shuttle? I don't know. I'm always looking for a better <laughs> analogy. But it is contingent on, on what, how you're living in the present. So I'll say to a client, if you can embrace these suggestions and observe these these patterns that keep repeating that we've defined, like relationships or whatever, fears, whatever, if you can embrace and work with some of these suggestions, here's this potential thought positive future moment that I'm observing. And I, I'll sometimes be eavesdropping in on a conversation the client's having with a future partner they haven't met yet. And... Uh, it opens them up. It helps them face a better future. Some clients don't know they deserve more joy in life. So it sort of points them in a new direction. With the future partners, of course, it's hard uh, for people not to obsess about that. And one client was, uh, she was just about, she was almost suicidal. She was convinced she'd never have a lover or a partner. So in this future moment, I'm watching her and a potential. I always say potential because we have oodles of free will. We can use our free will and, and sit in the back bedroom and lock the door and never go out or make, take chances and make choices where the universe can find us to deliver the goods. So in this potential future moment, she's walking down a road with this fellow with a, a red plaid Pendleton jacket, and they're looking for a place to, to build a cabin. He, from the future, turns to me and says, tell her I know she wants me there right now, but we've done it that way before, and she never knew what made her so unhappy. Our paths are configured this lifetime, 
so that she can figure it out. I can experience some new things, some new learning, and then we'll come together in a new way and move on to new adventures. Uh, I have what I call the plaid boxer shorts principle. And this is for uh, clients when they're hearing me relate future information. Their left brain logical self will all hear them say, oh, that must be this, that must be that. And I say, it's future. The future, the universe is far more creative than your imagination can stretch. Things unfold always, always, always different from your imagination. And so I was saying to this client, I was seeing a future partner and something about that boxer shorts. Well, for the first time I hear silence, <laughs> she couldn't make sense of that. And I saw him in dockers or khaki pants and a couple of other little, I call them party favors, just nonsensical details that don't make sense till time unfolds and they fall off the shelf. So, so seven years into their now 20-year relationship, Steve comes down the stairs from the guest bedroom in their mountain cabin, their weekend mountain cabin, with a pair of plaid boxer shorts. And he says, where'd these come from? And she just about fainted. So I call that the plaid boxer shorts principle. So you don't even try to you don't even try to to estimate you know what these future things mean, but the ego self hates the unexpected, wants to nail everything, and that's where I say don't even try, just forget I said anything. So it's, do you it's find a lot of people say, well, that's the reason for that that they're looking for one thing to be their big answer? Yeah, 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 and uh, it, yeah, and I've. Absolutely, and I've often said, you know, if you if you're convinced that that you're going to find a, a a partner who who brings roses, you won't recognize the one who might be at the at the front door with wildflowers. Um, it's always different, and it and I never dreamt I'd be doing this work. I mean, I had no no uh, judgment or association with psychics at all. Uh, my my mother would have precognitive dreams. A, a grandmother was very psychic, but we always talked about it and kind of twilight zone terms uh, and then I got pulled into it in my own way I thought I'd be a photographer I tried a year of law school no <laughs> not <laughs> but I never dreamt I'd be doing this work so if someone had told me you know as young you know even my early 20s I would have said what what is that <laughs> what do they do so it's always much more creative and much more relevant to our our highest good in the way we're pulled so have you, you said that you'd been to Jerusalem. How long ago was your trip to Israel? Oh, oh I'll, I'll mention, yeah, I'll mention that in a sec. But one more thing about going to the future, lest it take people out of the present. Um, the other thing is that I think it it, it, it uh, acquaints people with this multidimensional way of receiving and interpreting. It's not, it's abstract. It's not literal. And and I've been asked, is there anyone you can't read? And I say, no, I always get what I get. But the hardest person to read is one who's stuck in their head, who's absolutely literal. Uh, and that's why when I'm interpreting, decoding this information, I'll say it could be this, it could be that. It could be someone around him named, by that name. Uh, so I really open it up and it, and show them how how it's abstract and it has to be decoded. What's really fun about this multidimensional information is how multi-layered it is. That there can be it can mean this, this, and this, and it can mean this today, and it can mean something different in three months. It's that vast, and that's that's really uh, indicative of how non-linear this information is. There is as my colleague Larry Dossie says, non-local, that's the term he used, non-local consciousness. 
Jerusalem. Um, yeah, I, I had a, I had a client there. I haven't been there for a couple of years. But I used to go every year, but I had a client there whose uh, daughter was a nurse, and my client's husband was killed on a bus that was bombed. And the nur- the daughter, who's a nurse, was nursing this fellow with with burns all over his body. And she heard the police in the in the hallway mentioned that this was the man who who built the bomb that that killed her father. And she asked the staff if she could, her her um, advisors, if she could decline from nursing this fellow. And they said, no, that you know you you take an oath and you you have to nurse him. So she said to her mother, "When I have to change the bandages, you can you can know that it hurts." And I thought, "Wow, what a what a challenge, what a test in forgiveness!" Wow. Um, yeah, my I have a memoir coming up, and and it, it involves a story, uh, a, a part of my life that very few of my clients know about. So I'm going to kind of keep it a surprise, but the very interesting story and reason that I go to Jerusalem. And let's just say, here's a big hint. I have nine grandchildren there in Jerusalem who only speak Yiddish. Go figure. So that's that's a big secret hint. <laughs> yeah. Now we know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So forget I said anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it, who, I mean, like I say, who'd have thunk? Who, 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 who'd, have, who'd have put that in my life? Oh, oh, my goodness. My daughter who never did anything halfway. Yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, what else? Uh, so, um, I told you about. Uh, do you have any f- future visions of what's happening with Israel and Jerusalem and everything that's happening now in the news? Well, the future, I don't get future disasters. However, through one particular client, uh, I do, I merge with her timeless consciousness and I do see future disasters, and that's because she works for FEMA. So she's the one I was reading in Chicago years ago. And I said just offhandedly, and there'll be something about a, a building with an antenna or a tree falling, and then something about a ship. Maybe you'll be on a cruise, because the the uh, future can only be interpreted in terms of what's known in the present. Well, three weeks late. No, actually, net the following week, she was at Ground Zero um, after, just after 9/11, having lunch every day on the USS Comfort. So you never know. And it, so it's through this particular client that I see future events and disasters. So I read her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, actually, over the last couple of years, uh, she also likes to do work internationally. She's been to Iraq. She's been to Turkey. And there's a higher self of a refugee little boy who's waiting for her. She, he could be in Syria. He could be in Palestine. I don't know. We're not sure where he is. But he comes in right away, and he can't wait to meet her. And it's a past life connection. I call it other life spaces rather than past life, since it isn't sequential. There's no before and after outside of this linearly time-oriented dimension. But recently, I was reading her, and I always like to um, look around in client future moments to see who's president. (laughs) Here's, oh, and here's another little side story on, on that camp. I have, sorry to, to digress, but it's what I do, I, you know, nonlinear. But uh, a couple who are musicians, jazz musicians in Chicago, I was reading them years ago, and uh, actually Miles Davis popped in, and 
wanted to help because he said, you're, you're bright lights, you need help. And he gave the initials of a DJ that then had called to put Diane's music on the air where they've mostly been uh, African-American artists. Anyway, so I am in a, I'm in a future moment and I'm seeing them having a housewarming, which presumably they had, had found earned enough money to buy a house and I was at their housewarming. So I said, let's just see what's going on with this guest at your housewarming, which was me. And so at the end of their session, they said, do we get a discount since you shot, since you saw yourself in our future? <laughs> anyway, so recently reading the client who's a FEMA worker, <clears throat> I saw, well, I saw a big gust of wind blowing over all the pieces on a chessboard. And then each one was being set up individually with much discussion around each chess piece. Several of us think that that the gust of wind could be the Mueller investigation. I don't know. Oh, and I also said something about volcano. And look what's going on now. Uh, so it, it's all up to interpretation. Uh, I don't know if it's literally. I don't think it's literally a gust of wind, but that's what I got them most recently. And also, whenever I go to Trump, um, I, I get him going under and female behind him. I don't know if it would be a female president or the vice president or the women's movement. I'm not sure. But I do know that it's a female energy rising up, and that's where everything patriarchal uh, misogynistic, untruthful, power-grabbing, whatever, is going under. And that's why it's such trouble sometimes because all of all of that, which we are not and ought not to be, is coming to the surface. Uh, I once tried to connect with the higher self of Trump, and he turned around in a clown costume and winked. So I think he's, he's hastening that that surge of everything surfacing. I mean, the racial inequality, the bigotry. I had, we we thought we were kind of ahead of the head of the game, but there it is. So I think he's prodding it, hastening it, stimulating it, and it really shows uh, all that needs to be healed. So that's what I've gotten. And and again, it's only through that one particular client that I see future disasters. And it's all interpretation too. So I was looking at Trump's chart, and he has uh, Uranus and Sun conjunct in Gemini in the ninth house, opposition Moon yeah. and Sag in the in the third house. So he's just pure yeah. trickster, cosmic. Trickster. Really, really. Yeah. Oh, cool. That, boy, that makes sense. Trickster. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's why he was winking at you in a clown suit. Yes. Oh, that's so good to know. My goodness. Wow, and and isn't he doing it like an actor? Nobody could be no nobody could really be like that. <laughs> no, <Not> really. <laughs> also, the eclipse. Uh, we had an August hits his Mars at twenty six of uh, Leo, and in the twelfth house, which says that he'll be considering some war war type activity sometime in the next three and a half years. Wow! Oh, yo yo! My goodness! Yeah. And he has a decision Gosh. to make about war. Gosh. Well, again, that which we ought not to be in, and for, for you know, our culture that has emulated the Donald Trumps of the world and, uh, you know, fame and fortune, it's really showing that all that glitters is not gold, but it's also quite tarnished. Yeah, right. 
I, that's kind of clever if I did it myself. It's pretty tarnished. Yeah. So tell us <laughs> and more about other... things that are really on your heart and mind today. We have a very awake audience. We have a lot of people that are. Yes, I know you do. Yeah, you know, walk you in. They're really we have cool. people that have been studying metaphysics for years. You know, we've been on the air. I eight know. Years. So we've got a pretty good audience that stays with us. So is there something that you would like to share with our Starseed audience that maybe you wouldn't share with with um, other people, but you could share okay, it with us? Okay, yes. Yes, I think that's a good suggestion. Uh, another thing that is beneficial about the dark getting so dark and the light getting so much brighter is that, I, and this will relate to your listening audience, that I think that even those who are sleepwalking are going to, it's because it's getting so distinct between the dark and the light, that those who are sleepwalking are going to be more drawn to the light without even knowing it. Uh, I think, so I think it's going to sort of awaken in, in, a, in a different way, awaken the unawakened, or at least create a pull, a magnetism to more towards the light. And your audience, definitely, what we need to do as light workers. And I had an apprentice. I said, you know, you're a light worker. She got very self-effacing. I said, no, it's what you're here to do. You need to own it. She said, oh, okay. But as as light workers, we need to uh, show our in- intuitive abilities as no big deal. Uh, sometimes um, it's tricky when I take on apprentices because there are some who are very intuitive but have a really hard time leaving the ego self at the door. And what we need to do is say, this is consciousness becoming. This is what we're here to do. This is is evolution of the soul. And so I think we need to be quite pragmatic about our gifts and what we know. I always say you need to ground the wire to to not get too woo-woo about things. Uh, And unfortunately, as I say, people think telepathy is woo-woo, but they're coming. They're coming along. But I think we need to be examples of non-local, of our awareness and acceptance of non-local consciousness. Uh, And the more we trust that the time is now and becoming, the more our guidance will show us the moments that we're to come forward with this. I have an apprentice who has a very successful company. And he said, in his first apprentice session, he said, I have to thank you. I can't thank you enough already that you have assured me I'm not crazy. He's so intuitive. So when he's interviewing employees, he not only, he's got a, almost like Rain Man, he's got a very complex graph in his mind where he sorts, how he, or a grid where he sorts all the information that's coming to him. And he'll get information that he doesn't think he should be privy to when he's interviewing an applicant for a job. And so I'm helping him create filters, reminding him he's in charge. It's really opened up the floodgates. He's getting all the more. And so recently uh, we figured he could pretend he's going into a house and and he'll invite the loved ones and the non-physical or all, all the different. And sometimes it's the higher self of people still in the body. So he'll come in and take charge and say, okay, I'll meet with you at the kitchen table. You go into the parlor. You you and your, your, your pets, you go into the backyard. So he sorts them out so that he can he won't feel overwhelmed and he can keep this multidimensional information uh, sorted out. But but he's, he's also finding ways. 
so he's walking by one of his employees and he sees the employee's deceased father. And he says, what do I do with that? But, but more and more people are getting attuned. And I always have little gimmicks to sort of test the water. And I'll say, have you ever heard of John Edward? He had a, he had a program on TV and sometimes they think I'm referring to the politician and then I kind of back off. <laughs> I think, no, I, he's not, I don't, shouldn't go there. Um, but I sort of test the water to, to get their receptivity because I never want to be intruding or in, intrusive or in, imposing with, with my gifts. And it can be extremely upsetting to people when we're kind of, when those who are sort of showing up, hey, you know, I see your mother and blah, 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 blah. That can be really obnoxious and inappropriate. But I think the more, more fine-tuned we get with our abilities and this awareness, the more indicators, the, the, great, the more distinct the guidance will be, the clearer the guidance will be when and how to come forward with it. And sometimes it's just in, in kind of offhanded, you know, like, like I, I told one of you the dog, another dog story. Um, I was at that same trip when I was in Portland walking by Pioneer Square, and there's a retaining wall and people are kind of hanging out there. And I walked by this huge husky. And as I keep going, I hear, hey, you know, hey. And so I turn back around, and I walk over to the husky, and I'm getting all this stuff from him. And I turn to her, young, to the young owner, and a kind of hippie-looking gal, and I said, um, you know, sometimes I kind of get things. <laughs> she said, yeah. And I said, so your dog was calling me over, and he's, he, he showed me that he's famous for being very protective, very possessive of you. And he said, uh, she said, oh, yeah, even when I take him to the dog park, parents get nervous because he's, he's protective of children and me. And I said, and he just loves Christmas. Oh, yeah, we celebrated it last July. We celebrated it. He just loved it. And so that I mentioned that example um, in my entry, you know, where I, I kind of just said, you know, sometimes I kind of get things. Another way to present information that's come to you to especially the people who, you know, might think you're doing the work of the devil, hello, um, or are uncomfortable with it. For some reason, people are, are much more accepting if you say that it came to you in a dream. And they don't argue with that. Isn't that interesting? I guess, they, I guess that means that you can't be working magic or, or be evil. You know, if it came to you in a dream, you, you couldn't help it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So, so I would, so I would say to your listeners, just know that we're here to be examples of the multisensory beings that we're here to be. And you know, one of my greatest challenges when someone has passed over, I I used to always say, if if you're in a support group and people are emoting and or someone's crying, the one who runs for the tissues is often the one who hasn't embraced their own pain. And I had to slow it down where, like, years ago reading a gal whose two-year-old had died from drinking the kerosene in the garage where she'd left the, the, the cap off, the lid off. And I observed myself wanting to rush in and say, it's okay, you don't have to be sad, he's right here. But I had to stop myself and say, and just sit with her and, and have the courage to sit with her in her pain because Sometimes when we run in to, to fix it, it's because we're afraid of their pain. We're afraid of feeling what they're feeling. And I said to her, I just can't know that pain. And I just sat there. I still have a tendency to want to tell them the good news. And so I observe in myself, is it still my 
challenge to to make friends with grief. I mean, I lost both of my parents in my eight when I was eighteen and twenty two. They were both in their fifties, and I wasn't there at the last minute. And so I'm. That's my current challenge. There's there's someone in a coffee clutch group who's just passed over, and I observe myself starting to do that. And so it's my my next challenge is embracing pain and grief. So then if there if there is a receptivity, I, I share what I know. What was really challenging is that a fellow who just passed over, his his wife is a very talented sculptress artist and has her PhD in linguistics. And she's an atheist and, and quite a disbeliever, but she likes me. And you know, I, I tone it down. But what was so challenging for me was that the night before he passed last week, I couldn't sleep all night because Bill was trying to get, enlist me to help help him uh, get ready for liftoff. And that's happened before. A, a client or a friend passed, was, you know, diagnosed with cancer, and I dream that I'm on a diving board holding her hand, and we both start to jump into the water, and she goes all the way, and I stick my big toe in, and it was nothing but light and our unconditional love. And then I wake up because the phone rings and tells me that Holly's just passed over. So this is the second time it's happened with, with this fellow. And I'm thinking, oh, so then the next morning I, I, I get the email that he passed over. So what do I do with that? She's not receptive. Uh, I kind of, Sometimes I'll, I'll give just a very generic version. Uh, but but it, it's important to, to be sensitive, but also to be ourselves. So it's a it's, it's a tight rope. A tight rope. I really do straddle two dimensions, and to have the sensitivity to respect what what people in the here and now, very much in the physical, very much in their heads, what they're experiencing, and and what inroads I can take to share uh, very expanding, enlightening information. So to your listeners, I would say you know stay tuned, <laughs> literally. And trust that you we're here to be examples and and gently gently invite others onto this higher frequency of truth, authenticity, multidimensionality, and all of that. I think we're also with the telepathy telepathy uh, exposure desensitizing, I think we're preparing ourselves for communications with our galactic brothers and sisters. Definitely. I wanted to ask you, since you do work with pets. Who do you find the most receptive? Horses, dogs, cats, insects, what? It's all the same and I can't say I've done insects and I and I when I when I smash an insect I say, Sorry, I'm not a Buddhist, whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just who I am. I just I don't like beetle potato bugs, I don't like cockroaches that I would see in New York at times. But, uh, no, I, that's interesting. I can't say I've gotten insects. Ew. <laughs> but but uh, it, horses, cats, dogs, birds, it seems to be equal. Uh, trees, cars, houses talk to me. Everything's energy. Everything communicates. Trees often come in to thank my client for the hug, and they know, they know exactly what tree it is. And then I ask the tree for a sneak preview of a cosmic wink, and it'll be something like an acorn falling on my client's toe or something <laughs> or a branch you know waving um no it's all equal and and so it's, there's this, this level of equanimity and uh, connectivity and oneness another um dimension pun intended is when the big m and the big j show up and that's for mother mary and i like jesus's hebrew name yeshua 
when I'm reading religious people, uh, a few have thought I'm being, I'm being irreverent or disrespectful by retur- referring to the big M and the big J, and it's my way of conveying how accessible they are. And they'll show up, Mother Mary will show up to, to show me the exact scene where my client was on her knees in prayer. And she's saying, yeah, heard your prayer. Yeah, does a thumbs up. Um, the big J showed up uh, over one holiday. And, uh, and I was reading a client who couldn't sleep because her son was flunking out of college. And I, got, I saw music notes around his head. She said, oh, yes, that's his passion. And he's just been asked to play his cello in the local symphony. He's so honored. I said, that's where his heart is. He may come back to school, but you need to really support him going where his heart is. And then the big J pops in. Whenever he shows me stained glass, that means church, even though, FYI, he was quite anti-religion, actually. But uh, I said, were you in church recently? She said, yeah, just, just recently, the Christmas Eve service. And I said, did you feel the presence of Jesus? And she said, well, yeah. She said it was the moment my son started playing his solo from the heart and it opened my heart. I said, that's the conduit. That's the connectivity. The moment you opened your heart, there he was. Um, I was taking my walk up the hill one day and I was pondering, why don't people celebrate Yeshua's humor, lightheartedness? You know, the, the saying that enlightenment means in light moments. And so I was pondering that. Why do they focus on him on the cross and why not his you know, lightness of being? And he shows up beside me and he says, you know, I don't think I can make it up this hill in my Jesus sandals. <laughs> and and <laughs> after that, <laughs> after that, every so often, I'll be reading a client and the big J pops in and he's pointing to my client's shoes, you know, remotely over the phone. And the, and sure enough, the client will say, oh, those are my sandals. I call them my Jesus sandals. <laughs> So he talked to me, showed me that whenever, whenever my client has Jesus sandals, so it's all there, and it's the heart is a conduit, and it, I mean, and he was a teacher of a whole new kind of love, uh, and it just they're so accessible. Same thing with the angelic realm and elementals. Uh, angels used to come in to show me, hey, we know she's got a an angel statue on her on her shelf. That's so cool, and now they show me specific moments of intervention. Yeah, I thought, you know, the car was spinning around. I thought there must have been. It's to really connect people to their own connectivity. And I think, you know, I think that's where martyrs like Joan of Arc have been burned because I think the patriarchy was jealous because some of these people, some of these uh, enlightened beings had such an intimate connectivity to God, to a higher power. And I and yeah, absolutely. That, you know, well, that I'm saying what time it that, is. That, this has been oh, very yeah, informative tonight, Louise. I love love it when you come on our show. But I'd like to pass you over to my co-host Arielle at this time. Okay. She has the switchboard, so and maybe much. some people might want to call in okay. and talk to you. Would you be willing to do that? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. To questions that are uh, informative to everyone, rather than personal, that would be great. Yes. Yes. So so back okay. to you, Arielle. Thank you. Okay. To connect. Okay. Um, well, if if anyone has a general question, um, not a, a personal situation, just generally about anything that Louise has talked about, if you're already on the switchboard, then all you need to do is press 1 so that we know you have a question. 
And if you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. And uh, while we are waiting to see if if anyone has a question, um, I wanted to kind of get a, 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 a talking about how do you know that you really have connected with someone's higher self. Um, is there a, is there a, a a routine or a a some a process that you do that you could kind of just say okay you know like a recipe um, to yeah, prepare? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, sometimes sometimes they'll just pop into your head, uh, just like loved ones. It's it's all the same, you know. When when I'm doing consultations, one's higher self in the physical looks oftentimes the same as one in the non-physical. It's all the same, although those in the non-physical might look a little more translucent. But uh, so if, if it if it's a loved one and they just pop in out of the blue, it's usually because you've made some association, you've talked to their picture or felt them in your heart, and that dials them in. Uh, it, it, it's hard to, uh, it's a quandary that not everybody could or should do this because it could make some people crazy. Is that my thoughts? Is that, is that God? Is that, is that my mother? And so I think it, it, it isn't for everyone, but, but generally I know a lot of very mainstream people who really do feel that they're telepathizing with, with the one they're caring for who has dementia or any of those anomalies. Or if they're in a coma, they just know they they've been conversing. So so it it sometimes comes in out of left field, out of context. That's that's a clue that you can trust it. Uh, sometimes you'll you'll find yourself in in an absolute dialogue, and the conversation hasn't gone the way you would have set it up because you're conversing with that the that other the spirit of that other person or that their higher self. Um, I know Dan really liked getting confirmation. And, and you know he and, and this other fellow I mentioned. It's so gratifying that they found my found me by googling higher self to higher self communication. What does that say? People are getting with the program. They're they're yeah. understanding that this that this is real. Um, I, I I'm not sure how else. I think mostly just um, I think as you is if you start to observe the ego self, which Eckhart Tolle has helped me do, and you've heard me mention that I call my ego Edith Edith ego. And it helps me kind of anthropomorphize that part of my consciousness so that I know when she's trying to grab the wheel. And Eckhart teaches us that the moment we observe that, we're back to our authentic self, back in sync, and, and things start moving again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as, as I become more attentive to to Edith's, Edith's antics, if she's rehearsing the conversation that's just going to show this guy, I give her a hug and put her in time out then I'm back to my authentic self. So it's making me more attentive. It's more attentive. I'm becoming more attentive to which, which of my thoughts are Edith. Uh, I think that's good to observe. Um, one, one apprentice, he said, so I guess his, he had, he'd, he'd been, um, he, his dad had been very abusive. He left home early. Hadn't seen his dad for 30 years and discovered he was just three minutes away in a facility with Alzheimer's. He went to see him and tried to communicate higher self to higher self. And he said when he left, he just he literally wanted to throw up. And and I said, did you go to your higher self first? And he said, you mean it, it might not have worked because I, I telepathized to him? How are you, you old SOB? 
<laughs> or no, I, I think you are you you you'll be dumb shit or something like that. He said. I said I, I don't think that was going up to your higher self. So if you if your agenda, you know, the, if you're starting trying to steer the communication in a way that you're trying to impose your agenda or your thoughts or whatever, that's not you're you haven't gone up to your higher self to have that connection. Okay. Well, we have a caller um, ready who has come out of the, uh, the the screening room. So you're going to be talking uh-huh. to, um, looks like it's Dex. So let me get the mic open here. Is that correct? Your Hi, name Dex. is Dex? Yes. Uh-huh, Dex. Oh, okay, great. Okay, yeah, you are on the air with Louise. Thanks. Thanks so much, Louise. Thank you for uh, your interview today. This is great information. Um, my question is, if I could just get a little bit more detail on how to connect with someone else's uh, higher self, um, someone who is still here on the earth plane, not to cross over. Um, I have a uh, sacred union with someone who is in another state, so I, um, we right now are uh, not talking. And um, so I have a message I, I really need to get to him that I feel is um, extremely important. And so I'm thinking connecting with the higher self is my only option at this point. Okay. So, now, is your yeah. is your is your mess is your message dealing with resolution, healing? Inviting him on to a higher frequency as opposed to wanting you, him to hear your side of things kind of thing? Oh, no, 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 no. It's absolutely of a high vibration and uh, healing. Oh, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Well, the mm-hmm. minute, I, 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 as I mentioned, I wasn't going to tune in personally, but uh, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm nudged. But the minute you asked about him, I got a tremendous receptivity. And so mm-hmm. all you... So you pull your energy up to like I envision a big orb, a big globe of light above you, and imagine okay. the ball of light above his above his head, and then okay. open your heart, and then you telepathize. Of gee, what an interesting adventure we signed up for here. Uh, I hope we mm-hmm. both accomplish what we've come here to do. I invite you mm-hmm. onto this higher frequency. Uh, I think my AirPod is just. Uh, can you still hear me? Yes. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let me know yes, if, if if you don't, and I'll go I'll go to speaker. But um, no, I can hear you. Yeah, a higher level of of authenticity and truth and commune and and then after you telepathize your message, ask for a sneak preview of a cosmic wink. It could be a phone call. It could be somebody with his name showing up and winking. You never know. But just to confirm mm-hmm. to you that you did have that conversation on that higher level. In in one of my books, I mentioned living in New York and meeting a friend at a restaurant and she was running late and the hostess invited me to sit at the bar and I'm sitting there feeling bored and decide to hook up with the higher self of everyone sitting around the bar. So I pictured balls of light above all their heads and then I hooked them up, ching, ching, ching. And then I telepathized that very thing. Wasn't an interesting adventure? May we all accomplish what we're here to do. I invite you onto this higher level of truth and authenticity. Three out of five of the people looked right at me and smiled. Wow, wow. So, I think sometimes, I'm sorry, did you, you said golden light, not white light, right? Is that what you said, golden light? Yeah, I, I picture gold light, but okay. whatever works, okay. whatever works, whatever, whatever, okay. make, whatever gets you onto that frequency, and you'll feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes that we might be hard on ourselves and think that we don't have it in us, that gift to actually have that kind of connection. I, I know myself, I am hard on myself, and I have extremely high expectations, and so... 
um, sure. sometimes it seems almost but we impossible. All do- yeah, you know what the you know what the what the key is my my example mm-hmm. with the big J, it's a heart connection, and mm-hmm. it's eternal mm-hmm. and it transcends mm-hmm. everything, and mm-hmm. so if you're opening your heart and it's not coming from the ego self wanting to convince yeah. or, or impose right, your version right, of the script, right. that's the con- right. that's the conduit. So that everybody right. no, has that capacity, so but I but, think this but, is but so important. Don't for trust that this yeah. even. Yeah, so, no, well, yeah, a lot of people don't even don't no, trust this, that this, this is even possible. This whole show is yeah, this whole show is actually synchronistic. So um, I, I thank you very much because this was a gift, and I actually think that this will help a lot of people. Um, yeah, this is really beautiful, and um, I thank you so much. Thank you. Uh huh. I'm I'm really curious. So are you asking this for for a listener? Or are you asking um, for you're asking it for yourself, right? I'm well. I'm asking for myself, yes, because this is what I'm going through at the moment. But I think, because I know you said don't ask anything personal. I think this is I know, something that I, a lot of people can oh, actually yes, I agree. help tremendously. Yes. Um, yeah, yes, so I thank think But I have to ask if that person has a dog. No, he has a cat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it has yeah, four legs. Yeah, yeah but I just, I've I, I got. <laughs> Okay, because I got an animal popping in saying, I'll help. Yeah, no, but he's got a powerful uh, psychic cat, cosmic cat. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, okay, <laughs> I just, I had to add that. I had to add that. As I say, I'm not tuning in, but sometimes, you know, I yeah. got to give what comes. Right, right. That's funny because yesterday I asked for his cat to help. <laughs> That's so oh cool. My <laughs> oh, I my said, gosh. I said, Naomi, I said, you need to help. <laughs> So that's really awesome. Oh, that, you Thank know, you. that 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 happened with a, a client who was heading. She was on a road trip and with her boyfriend and the, the cute little white dog, and and she was talking to the dog, saying, "And I'm going to go home, and I'll I'll be having a session with Louise." And so, right right <laughs> at the beginning of the session, the white dog pops in and says, "Here I am." Amazing. I told her about that's the session. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Well, yes. Well, thank you for that little message because it means a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for calling in, Dex. Yes, absolutely. Much love. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still here. That was just, you know, there's a lot of people that that need to – reach that that level that opening of the heart and you know just coming from your as you say authentic self um getting your ego out of the way and and um and the me out of the way and just unconditional love and that's the uh, yes. the, the springboard to get up to that higher plane it is and it's a very hardest as i say for for very less brain people stuck in their heads and that's when I'm reading them how I'll see their pet and I'll have them think about the pet or, or their child, whatever, whatever will open their heart. And I feel a dramatic shift. I, I can almost hear a click when they go from their heads into their hearts. Then they're hearing me. So if, if someone's wanting to, to, you know, like like Dex is wanting to connect, she first just has to think of her love for anything or anyone. Uh, and then visualize the ball of light to move, and, and it's simply a visualization to pull your energy up, up to that top chakra. That higher, right. Good. And it, it can self. be yeah. any, yeah, anything that makes you feel um, love, compassion, gratitude, um, any situation. <coughs> 
excuse me, and then once yes. you get there, then you then once you get to that level, then you can direct it in the direction that you want. Excuse me, I'm going to cough Absolutely. again. Hang on. I usually don't have allergies, but this year has been rough. So, oh, um, I know. I hear you. <laughs> yep. I, I've, I've been debating on whether to relate a, a, a little vignette of a story because I heard about this connecting to someone else's higher self um, quite some time ago, and I had a situation where there was a person who was in a position to open a lot of doors for me. And I had mm-hmm. met him and, and then living in a different town – then I following up with phone calls and phone calls and leaving messages and messages. <coughs> Excuse me. And I could not get him to call me back. And then someone had mm-hmm. told me about, well, just you know, talk to his higher self, make him come and sit in the chair. Um, you know, so I, I mm-hmm. got into my my mode, and I pulled up an empty chair, and I I just saw I called in his higher self to sit in that chair, and I said, mm-hmm. I really don't want to be a pest. And if you don't want me, if you want me to stop calling, I will. But I just need mm-hmm. to ask you a question. And then this has been going on for two months. I've been trying to just call and leave messages. And ten minutes after I I asked him to come into that chair and and speak with me, phone rang. It was him. Yeah. yeah. Why am I not Excuse surprised? Me. It's me. funny. Uh, uh. Okay, an, <laughs> an example, an example of of moving up to your higher self. A, a client was concerned about her friend who's gotten really negative, and she said her cats are picking up on it. And and so I start to telepathize. <clears throat> well, first to to the cat and saying you, you're you're there to to teach unconditional love. You need to help. And and then to the higher self of the client's friend. And I said, and we invite you onto this higher frequency. And I hear my client say, "Good luck." <laughs> and I said, "Nancy, up to your higher self." <laughs> well, yeah. She 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 didn't quite understand that she needed to get up there for uh, initially, you know, as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's yeah. Great. I mean, you got an immediate response. You that you could almost have asked for a cosmic wink from that fellow and and you would have he would have shown you a, a, a telephone or something like that you know like a bonsai yeah, well, tree I mean, kind of literally thing. 10 minutes after 2 months of Isn't trying that, don't you love it yeah, yeah so I yeah i mean i think that's what i think that's what life is like in quote heaven in the non-physical mm-hmm. uh we we tell, we hello i mean we telepathize and when loved ones are recounting memories from when my client was in fourth grade, whatever, and that, that the client will say, "Oh, that was so long ago," and I'll say, "They're in a no time zone," and and when it, when it comes to mind, they're there beyond time. I've used the example of talking to an audience about my experience going through nine eleven, watching it from my rooftop. When I tell the story, I'm back there reliving it, and then I have to almost remind myself that I'm back here in this in in this era talking to this audience so it, it, it's timeless and i think that's what what quote heaven or the non-physical is like we access a thought and it and we're there it's real so yeah i think and i've always you, felt that the it's going to be seamless between the non-physical physical and the non-physical i really think that the veil's coming down do you think that the um 
the ego, the 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 left brain, um, the the negative, whatever that you could accidentally, you know, just because you haven't really trained yourself to, uh, you know, don't put out thoughts like that, um, you know, like just making a sarcastic comment, like yeah, right. I mean that that completely uh-huh. is like slamming the door in someone's face. That's oh, like, you got it. Yeah, you, know, you got it. Yeah. I, and I yeah. and I think and I really I do think it's important to listen to Eckhart Tolle about being present and and the, being able to differentiate the ego self. It's helped me tremendously. Uh, and I and I'm, then I can shift instantly. And when it when I hear when I know it's Edith, when those thoughts are Edith, uh, that's why nothing's working. And then I. I, I put her in timeout and I'm back in alignment and I get the phone call in the parking place. I'll, you know, I'm back in sync. Uh, the other thing. Right. That well, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. If you, if you slide oh, off gosh, the yes. frequency, you can always get right back up. Yes. You know, by it, opening it, your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So fear, fear, fear in the ego self, trying to control things takes us out of alignment instantly. Opening the heart brings us right back into the flow instantly. Yeah. And opening the heart is just thinking of anything that you love, you know, you your, your pet. You can tell your, the difference. Your, when I'm reading someone, I, when, when, I can, when a client is telling me their story or they go into fear, whatever, I can feel them contract, and it's as if they're huddled in a dark corner where the universe can't find them. Then, I, then the minute they open their heart, if I, you know, say think about your dog or whatever, you know, one client then called her dog. I said, no, don't go to your dog. Go to the feeling of hugging your dog. And unfortunately, some people are di- so disassociated from feelings because of abusive childhoods, whatever, they, that feelings were too painful. But I have to really work at how to, how to help them come into their heart. But the minute a client does that, the feeling for me is like the airbags just filled the car. They're suddenly filling the room. <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned that analogy to a client, and I didn't know she was phobic. And she said, "Airbags can kill you." I said, "No, I'm sorry. I was just, I was just trying to convey the difference between contraction and expansion. But it's instant, and the minute you expand, it's all there. The universe can find you, anyone you want to connect with, uh, and it's, it can happen that fast. But it's really, really hard for some people to get out of their heads. We They'll have, think we a thought a- about a feeling. Yeah, we had a guest. Think and it a might feeling have, rather have than been feel a feeling. Right, you have I'm to sorry, feel the feeling. Uh, we had a guest, and yeah, I think it no, might have it. even been you who made the point of when you hear yourself, you know, when you listen to someone, and then you say, "Yeah, but," you're immediately going mm-hmm. the wrong way. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. the left brain. Mm-hmm. You're you're closing the heart when you say, "Yeah, but." That's your logical mind coming in and kind of uh-huh. dissing on whatever the person said. You're, yeah, so you're discounting, discounting it. And mm-hmm. it's so hard today. We've become so polarized politically to to allow ourselves to hear other other sides of things. It's, it's such a challenge. It's become so divisive. And and uh, you've probably heard me tell this example. Like I, I'll, I don't want to go on if someone's called in, if someone's wanting to have no, a we, question, we, just interrupt no, me. I think you – no, you're, you're good. Okay. <clears throat> There was a, a couple with uh, a husband who very much in my face with his politics and all. I mean, I have to say just quite obnoxious and imposing. And I was going to be meeting them for dinner, and I'm getting ready, and it's Edith rehearsing that conversation. Actually, I guess it was dinner at their home. And so I, I 
hugged Edith and put her in timeout. But Eckhart says that that when we define ourselves by our beliefs, the psyche then believes it's being annihilated when we encounter an opposing belief. So I pretended that I went to dinner with my beliefs in my left hand. And it was my authentic self going to dinner. I can't tell you the difference it made. Fortunately, I, I eat with, after I put the, the, my beliefs in my right hand, I, eat, I do eat and, and uh, write with my left hand, do everything else with my right hand. So I had my beliefs in my right hand under the table. I was able to listen to these uh, other points of view, you know, how to handle the homeless, just put them outside of town. I mean, I was able to hear it and not feel offended. I didn't agree but it didn't offend me personally because my beliefs were in my hand under the table. <laughs> it really worked. That's a good point. So yeah. um, I want to I want to give your website again uh, because you are offering a special gift to caregivers, and um, that mm-hmm. would be on your website Louise Hauk L O U I S E H A U C K dot com forward slash services forward slash caregivers. And um, we invite anyone who needs um, yeah, help with yeah, that. Yeah. And, and if, you or do, you can just go to louisehouse.com and go to services, and you'll see it listed there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah well, so I'm sure half, people are... are <laughs> that is just wonderful. It's, it's so hour. gracious. And, oh, gosh, I just I, my heart goes out to caregivers. Wow. Golly. Yeah, and yeah. and it, and hopefully it, it it'll you know calm down the the afflicted one and and you know I I thought that they'd be people would be beating down the door but it someone said to me that some caregivers might not want to know what what the the loved one is it wants to say they may feel that they're not caring well enough or there may have been discord whatever I hadn't thought of that <clears throat> but it, it and it is still kind of a far out concept I guess. Not to us or your audience, but I well, think right, a lot of people. Right. So, um, well, you may have some more um, uh, takers for your offer um, after tonight's show Lovely. because we do have an audience that, that understands what this is. I and know, I just want to thank you. Yeah, I want to thank you so much. I love hanging out for, with you guys. Yeah it's, yeah, it's great. I mean, we're like family now, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. And um, thank you so much. We'll look forward to having you back again. You say your memoirs are coming out, so be sure to keep us uh, posted on that. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm actually working on a sequel to Beyond Boundaries, the stories, and and then person, yeah, personal stories, <clears throat> and then the memoir. I'm I'm waiting to hear from a new agent, and uh, so there's a lot a lot in the in the wings. Yeah. And I'm and I'm blessed. I I just love my work, and I can tell you guys do as well. And it's it's always fun to hang out with you. Well, thank you so much. So <clears throat> we yeah. are going to wrap it up now, and I want to thank everyone for listening. And please do connect with Louise. Um, go to the website if you need help with anything in developing your your abilities and and learning how to do this. And we will be back next week. Until then, everyone, take care. Remember to count your blessings every day. Good night. Thanks again. Much love. Bye-bye.
have been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.